That was your fourth, Leon. What? Was it, was it memorable? Oh, well, I have all my fingers and toes, so yep, that's nice. That's, good. That's, that's a positive. That's a nice sure. bonus. Got that uh, going for you, which is nice. Well, you know, my daughter's birthday is on the first, so it just seemed like a big, long marathon of little children's running all around screaming for about 10 days straight, uh, which concluded on the fourth. And now I'm just uh, ready to take a break from the children's and drink some brown. Good for you, sir. How about you? I am one and a half weeks into a new puppy. And Mm. we are not a dog family. We are rapidly becoming a dog family. Mm -hmm. So I'm staying up a little bit later, getting up a little bit earlier and trying desperately not to let him pee and chew on everything. Mm -hmm. As you do. Well, I think Dennis Leary had the best take on it when you're out in the middle of the night tugging on your little dog that the family wanted, but you didn't and saying, come on, shit for daddy. Shit for daddy. (laughs) I think on that, we'll start the show. Oh, God. Welcome to the Bottle of Brown podcast. I am your host, Danny Paul. Joining me in the Bob Media Studios is the Baron of Bourbon, the Kaiser of Cali, the Liege Lord of Loathe, Leon Coventry, ladies and gentlemen. Happy, happy Juicy July. Happy Juicy July. That's right. We are done with Ginny June. Moving on from Mezcal May, and we have now moved on to Juicy July. Can I taste your juice? Yes. (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) Oh, you you had a good holiday. That's good. Holiday. You had a good holiday. We're on. We're we made it through. We made it through Ginny June, and we're on to Juicy July. That is any of your browns with a little bit of juice added to it. And without further ado. What is your brown for this evening, sir? Well, it's not brown at all, given the uh, event. But since I had to bridge the gap between Ginny Ginny June and Juicy July, I want to be rolling down the street, smoking endo, sipping on gin and juice. Nice! So, aviation gin and orange juice. Well done. Man. You know, when well people done. see me, I know, I know the Bobs out there can't, but I am so thuggish at all times. So you would, you would be like, yeah, that really fits you. Well, I, I, I still think back to the, the high school days when I had the 69 Volkswagen bug that would only oh. run on sunny days with a giant subwoofer speaker in the back section and Bumping loud music while I had my Hawaiian shirt and puka shells on. With the horn that you could leave on? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, it, and the ashtray would pop out at 35 miles an hour. It was a, it was a good vehicle. I think all all kids should have a crap so vehicle to start. Much personality in that vehicle. Just as a reminder, coming back, you're, you are, uh, you're mishmashing the two months together, Leon, which is very good. So you've got your, you've got your juice that you've added to your gin. Gin and you are doing a mishmash brown this evening. Well done, sir. Well done. Yeah. And I also I have a, a, a sidecar of bourbon because, oh, right, so come on. Because okay, you do. Yeah. Yeah. How about case you? One, case one breaks down. So I am doing something that uh, Mr. Jones sent us on Instagram. This is the bourbon orange crush. Oh, I saw that. Tell me about it. It is really good. So it's two ounces of bourbon. I did bullet. One ounce of triple sec, and then you top it off with orange juice, mm-hmm. and you mix it around. And it's not a hygiene. Let's make mm-hmm. that perfectly clear. Mm-hmm. But it is very good. Ah, 
Wonderful. It is oddly tasty. And I got to say, I don't think I'm ever going to do a screwdriver ever again. Oh, this, well, you know, that's this, the, this is the breakfast drink. That's the nicest thing I've ever heard, considering how much I dislike vodka in general. So this, this is the breakfast drink this right here. It. And I, good Urban choice with the bullet, by the way, yep. that's, that's a, we've talked about it many times. In the no, past. I guess that, that is the you. mixer bourbon. That, that yeah. is, that is the mixer. And so I got the, uh, I got the gigantic oversized, uh, liter and a half bottle and I poured myself Costco? two ounces. Yep. I think it was Costco. Uh-huh. It might've been, might've been total wine, mm-hmm. but uh, it was a smoking deal. And of course, when you see a smoking deal, you know what you got to do. Yep. You pick it up. Smoke it. You gotta take it home. <laughs> We're talking about two different lines. Put that yeah. in your pipe and smoke it, mister. I have a question for you from a sound standpoint. I have it an is, I have an it is still hot. Uh, over here in California. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I am running the house fan. Can you hear it? Can you, are you picking it up on the mic? No. No? No, oh, man, that's good. Because I want to keep it going. No, you're good. You're good. All right, good. But I'll, I'll, I'll figure that out later. It is 101 here. Mm. In sunny, dry, non-monsoon Phoenix, my man. Well, that's when the cheap golf happens out there, that's right? That's when the cheap golf happens. That's right. We're talking about playing... TPC Scottsdale, 50 bucks. What? When? According to the Midge, who is not here, he could verify that he played TPC Scottsdale in the summer of 2020 for 50 bucks. I will fly out there that day, play with you guys, and fly back. Just because? I wanted to play that. Is, I played it, it on the Oculus Golf. Beautiful, beautiful course. Yeah. And chew me up and spit me out. But. So tasty. The greens are just carpet. Like it's, oh. I wonder if they're all crispy in the summer, though. Like butter. Baked out. They typically are, uh, but they do enough watering in the dark that I mm-hmm. think, unless you're going out at like three or four in the afternoon, it's, it's, not, it's still fairly good quality. Hmm. Well, I'm just wondering if we can make the conversation any more boring for the non-golfing bobs out I there. I think so. So we can I talk about it. So. But you know what? If you're coming new to this show, I got to tell you, Golf is an unofficial theme of the Bottle of Brown podcast. <laughs> it does make its way to the conversation. And for all Every you guys returning to us, I think we can leave we can leave golf behind now because now that we're done talking about Brown, let's uh let's talk about Brown. How you doing? Whiskey and whiskey. This is the darkest brown you got. Yeah. Say homes up. Where they hide in the scotch. What about um Brown. That's code for bourbon. Great stuff, this bourbon. Comes from a land called Kentucky. Talk about brown. There's a special rung in hell reserved for people who waste good scotch. Scotch? Oh, yes, I, I think so. Can I have one more of these with some booze in it, please? Let's talk about brown. Comes to us from fizz.org. This one is dated last December, but I held on to it because I thought it was interesting. It is technically a brown subject, although it is not traditional brown as we know. But this is from the Oxford University Press. Researchers find an elusive European parent of lager yeast in Ireland. A new paper in FEMS Yeast Research reports that for the first time in Europe, scientists have discovered the ancestor of the yeast species necessary for the production of lager. Brewing is one of the oldest human industries. Scientists have uncovered evidence of fermented beverages from China from at least 7,000 years ago and from Israel up to 13,000 years ago. Where did it go? Modern brewing developed in Europe where until the Middle Ages, most beer brewing was associated with a yeast called Saccharomyces cerevisiae. Nailed that. This is the same species of yeast that is still used today to make ale-style beer, wine, and bread. Do you like bread? I feel like I've been tricked my whole life because American movie cinema has let us down again. I was always under the impression that beer was invented by young Einstein because that's what the movie told me. And surfing. Yeah. (laughs) It was only a Tasmanian beer at him. (laughs) Most beer made nowadays, however, is lager beer, not ale. And there is considerable interest in understanding the historical shift from ale to lager in Europe. Lager brewing, which first appeared in the 13th century in Bavaria, the Germans, 
uses a different species of yeast, Saccharomyces pastorianus. Pastorianus is a hybrid of two parents, only one of which is Cerevisiae. The identity of the second parent was a mystery until 2011, when Saccharomyces eubianus was discovered in the Patagonian Andes in South America. Like Pastorianus, Eubianus is cold tolerant, and scientists believe that the lager style of cold brewing was selected for the formation of the Pastorianus hybrid yeast from an ale strain of Cerevisiae and a wild Eubianus isolate. What does that matter? It matters that... very fancy. It matters that this is the origin of what we now know as lager beer. Okay. Yeah. The Irish researchers isolated two different strains from soil samples collected on the Belfield campus of University College Dublin as part of an undergraduate research project to identify wild yeasts and sequence their genomes. Well done, scientists. The isolates came from soil on two sites in the university campus about 17 meters apart, collected in September 2021. The genome sequences of these two isolates show that they are related to the ancestral Eubiana strain that initially mated with Cerevisiae to form... Pastorianus. The discovery of this in Ireland shows that this yeast is native to Europe and it seems likely it has lived in other parts of the continent. New study supports the view that there were natural populations of the yeast in southern Germany in the Middle Ages, and these provided the parents of the first lager yeast. All right. Question of whether these ancient populations still remained hidden somewhere in the forests of Bavaria remains to be answered. Our undergraduates have found more than 100 yeast species in Irish soil samples over the past five years, and we're delighted to stumble across this on our own doorstep. We're hoping to find a commercial partner to brew with it so we can find out what it tastes like. Good luck to you, sir. (laughs) Well, I don't, I just realized as you were reading through that article, there's some words that just make me cringe. And I didn't realize it until you said it as many times as you did. But yeast is one yeast, of those. Like moist. Yeast, moist. Exactly. A lot of, a lot of people yeah. hate moist. Yeah. It's just Ma- moist. Once in a while, you're like, okay, yeah, you're baking. Got it. You had to, to get that word out. But if you keep repeating the word, you're like, okay, you're driving me down a road. I don't want to go. Like Ted Lasso, where you get stuck on the word. <laughs> Ye- yeast. yeast. Did the word become a sound? Yeah. It's bothering me. <laughs> now this one that i hear that interests me right here is scientists have uncovered evidence of fermented beverages from china from seven thousand years ago i think we talked about that for in the pod but from israel from thirteen thousand years ago hmm. fermented beverages thirteen thousand years ago that is exciting that is amazing eleven thousand bc down with the brown <laughs> I love it. No, this is a goodie. I feel like I feel a little bit smarter. And that's that's why we're here, Bobs. That's right. to bring you this the kind Bobs of information. Bobs need to know this stuff because now, now when they're sitting at the bar in their mailman uniform and they could say, Yeah, you know, lager came from the uh came from the uh from the yeast, from the uh, <laughs> saccharomyces yeast. There were three different strains. And uh, this lager that you're drinking right now came from Ireland. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think that's true, Cliffy. Oh yeah, read all about it. <laughs> Heard all about it. Bottle of brand. Good, that good information. Up. That wraps up talking about Brown. Let's get on to business news. News team, assemble. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. And I got news for you. Okay, this one is a long one, Leon. So I'm going to give you the cliff notes. Ready? Mm-hmm. This one is from uh, cbc.ca, which is Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. It's got, there's some other international sources I found. Al Jazeera's got it and a couple other places, but it was largely ignored by the U.S. media. Um, Lebanese woman who stole her own savings from the bank says she's not a criminal. Now, that is a shitty headline for what is actually a very fascinating story. Okay. So get this. I also found some information from Bloomberg. Today, Lebanon's economy is in shambles. Inflation topped 170% last year, and credit ratings agencies say this year could be worse. The average Lebanese citizen with money in the bank can expect a deal like the Hafiz family was offered, a 
relative pittance from their savings every so often. What this means is that former members of Beirut's middle class are begging on the street. Robberies for food, basic medicines, baby formula, and diapers have been on the rise. They have legalized stealing our money, says Ibrahim Abdullah, a member of the Depositors Outcry Association, a protest group that helped the Hafiz sisters plan their heist. People here just want to survive. Why did they heist? I'll tell you. On the run from authorities after forcing a bank to release her family savings at gunpoint to treat her cancer-stricken sister, 28-year-old Lebanese interior designer Salih Hafiz insists she's not a criminal. Hafiz held up a branch of the BLOM bank last week, taking by force $13,000 U.S. in savings in her sister's own savings account frozen by capital controls that were imposed overnight by commercial banks in 2019, but never made legal via legislation. And there's a video of it. She walks into the bank with a gun, points at the teller and says, I want to withdraw money from my own account. Hmm. And that's the only way she got it out. That's gnarly. That is crazy. What were the, uh, did they get into why they were locked down? Is this, was this kind of the, the bank simply says you can't have it. So I don't know if they're worried about a run or what the deal is, but the bank said, you can't have your own money. And she's like, well, my sister has cancer. I need to, I need to pay for these medical treatments. And the bank said, yeah, you can't have it. She's like, but it's my money. And they said, yeah, yeah, no. (laughs) Okay. So she's a hero. This one was, this was a tough one. It was either top story or hero of the week, but I think, I think Mm. this one warrants a top story just for discussion's sake. She was the first of at least seven savers who held up banks last week in Lebanon, prompting banks to shut their doors, citing security concerns and call for security support for the government. Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, talk about how to collapse a banking system. You, You can't withhold the money of people and say you can't have it, especially in situations like this. I, I mean, what do you expect people to do? Okay, I can't wait to find out what happened to her. So, but deposit is Lebanon, argue, so I assume they just stoned her out the street, but I don't know. Uh, no, no, okay. in fact, uh, depositors argue that bank owners and shareholders have enriched themselves by getting high interest payments for lending the government depositors money and are prioritizing the banks over people rather than enacting an an international monetary fund rescue plan. Uh, The raids have been met with widespread support, including from crowds that gather outside the banks when they hear a holdup is taking place to cheer them on. When her sister began losing hope, she would be able to afford costly treatment to help regain mobility and speech impaired by brain cancer, and the bank declined to provide the savings. She decided to act. BLOM Bank said in a statement that the branch had been cooperative with her request for funds, but asked for documentation as they do for all customers requesting humanitarian exceptions to the informal controls. Hafiz then returned two days later with a gun, a toy gun that she'd seen her nephews playing with, and a small amount of fuel that she mixed with water and spilled onto an employee. She threatened to shoot and light everybody on fire. Wow. Just to get her own money back. She managed to get 13000 of a total of twenty, enough to cover travel expenses for her sister and about a month of treatment, and made sure to sign a receipt so that she would not be accused of theft. <laughs> to aid her escape, Hafiz posted on Facebook that she was already at the airport and on her way to Istanbul. She ran home and disguised herself in a robe and headscarf and placed a bundle of clothes on her belly to make herself look pregnant. A police officer who knocked on her door must have been scared I would give birth in front of him. I went downstairs in front of them all, like 60 or 70 people. They were wishing me luck with the birth. It was, it was like the movies. Mm-hmm. She said after they failed to recognize her. Afis said she would hand herself in once judges end a crippling strike that has slowed legal procedures and left detainees languishing in jail. So she is, this is fascinating on the lamb in Istanbul after robbing a Lebanese bank of her own money. She's easy on the eyes too. Yeah, she's not ugly. Yeah. But I thought that this was could, this could make a great movie. That's what I'm thinking. Why isn't this a yeah. movie? It'll be a movie. This is so this is this, a great story. This little caption right here: Interior designer Sally Hafiz, who is on the run from authorities after forcing a Lebanese bank to release her family savings, speaks during an interview on Tuesday in the Baca Valley, and she spoke to Reuters. And this, when I started looking for this, uh, mm-hmm. it's not just on Reuters; it's on all the international press. 
And the only person that gave it a paragraph was Bloomberg. And it was in the back of the magazine. I was like, what? This is a story. Wow. Mm-hmm. We're going to break the shit on the Bob podcast. You know, I'd love the Bobs to weigh in on this. Do you think she should go to prison or not? That is an excellent question. Uh, for those of you Bobs out there that are new to the show, give us a call 602-529-4562 or drop us an email at bottleofbrown at gmail.com. Let's get this conversation going. Is Sally Hafiz a good or a bad person? That we, uh, are you, how fancy are you with the, uh, money? With the uh, internets and the Twitters? Can you put up one of those, what do you call them, uh, survey things? say yes or no you can ask the question and see what people come back with i might be able to do that well, should we should we start we're gonna a test your technical ability yeah should we start a threads account for the podcast i think so what's threads is that the new one threads is the new twitter the meta yep yeah i'm not going out of that one <laughs> it's too many it's just too damn many <laughs> that's why we're not i should have never left myspace that's why we're not on twitter oh myspace <laughs> myspace was the best <laughs> you can do the most horrible stuff if you understood any HTML at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taught everybody coding. And then, you know, Tom just, he was out. Yeah. And they said, give me my money. I'm gone. All right. That wraps up top story. Let's get to the crank file. I could look for something in the crank file. Crank file. Whatever. The nice crank file comes to us from the Hill. This is part of their changing America section. Something that I like to reference from time to time because I think it's got a lot of interesting stuff. And dated June twenty eighth, Pepsi is launching a cola flavored condiment made specifically for hot dogs. Hmm. Say that again. Pepsi is launching a cola flavored condiment made specifically for hot dogs. Now, I'm usually a Coca-Cola person, not a Pepsi person, but Mm. I I can get on board with this. No Coke, Pepsi. (laughs) Hamburger, hamburger, hamburger. (laughs) Cheeseburger, cheeseburger. No fries, cheap. (laughs) The concept is both simple and creative. All right, here's where they lose me. It's called Colachup. Yeah, they need a better marketer. Colachup. Colachup. The new condiment was developed by Pepsi and the Culinary Institute of America's consulting division. Here's an interesting part. The Culinary Institute of America is called the CIA. Hmm. Yeah, they can do better. What do you think? If you had to name it right now, what would you name it? See if you can outdo it. Colish. That's what it is. It's cola relish. Colish. I'm, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Uh... I'm going to think about it. So the article begins, it's all going the same place anyway, right? <laughs> PepsiCo apparently operating under the assumption that people enjoy both soda and hot dogs and therefore have no qualms about combining the two in the same food item is launching a new cola flavored condiment intended to top Frankfurters a la ketchup or mustard called Colachup. The new condiment was developed by Pepsi and the Culinary Institute of America's consulting division, according to a press release. The concept is both simple and creative. David Kamen, director of client experience for CIA Consulting, was quoted as saying, the distinctive flavors and vibrant citrus blend of Pepsi enhances the bright and tangy characteristics of ketchup, offsetting the smokiness of the dog. Specifically, Colachup is made with a Pepsi reduction, smoked tomatoes, onion, ketchup, and a delightful blend, quote unquote, of clove, cinnamon, thyme, oregano, and paprika, according to a Pepsi rep. Interesting. Uh, 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 uh. So it's not really relish, because when I think relish, I'm thinking pickles. Yeah, it's actually, it's a, it's a smooth, it's a sauce, yeah. Yeah, it looks like a dark ketchup on a hot dog. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, okay. it's unlikely that most consumers will ever get to taste Colachup's flavors for themselves. The condiment will only be available on July 4th at sampling carts, Within four MLB ballparks, Chase Field in Phoenix, opportunity missed, Yankee what Stadium in New York move. City, Target Field in Minneapolis, and Comerica Park in Detroit. What a Pepsi move to fuck that up. PepsiCo did not say whether there were plans for a wider rollout or retail version in the coming months. Those hoping to try a cola-based condiment for themselves aren't completely out of luck. The internet boasts plenty of recipes for cola-infused barbecue sauces, syrups, and even cake mm. frosting. One-time internet sensation Alexa Greenfield even marketed her own line of cola-flavored dipping sauces 
after she was filmed dipping her chicken fingers into a cup of soda at the U.S. Open in 2018. Hmm. Though it no longer yeah. appears to be available for sale online. Have you ever, uh, you know, my daughter was allergic to milk growing up, so we couldn't use dairy products when making her birthday cakes or cupcakes. Hmm. But you can make it with a can of cola instead of dairy products. And it's really? pretty damn good. Yeah. Okay. I recommend it. I know you can substitute bananas for eggs, but I didn't know that the the cola substitutes for milk. For whatever dairy exists, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a combination of butter and Is that because it froths or something? I don't know. know. It works. That's all I can tell you. I guess we'll never know. I'm I'm excited. Yeah. (laughs) I hope this actually comes out. I would eat it. I would try it. I'm a little hot dogged out. How many hot dogs have you eaten in the last two weeks? Uh, maybe one. Or brats. Or brats. No, uh, so sausage for sure. Yes. So I've had the Sabatino sausage on a Costco. That's super good. The best. I had some, some spicy Italian sausage that we have with pasta. And then I, I finished one of my kids' Costco hot dogs, which mm. sidebar, the Costco hot dog deal is still a buck fifty. Unbelievable. At this point, they gotta be losing the, their the drink ass. and the hot dog need to be costing them 150 right now. So this is this is a full loss. But I don't feel so bad buying food that my children refuse to eat if it's only a buck fifty. Yeah. And people line up for it. So it works. Oh, yeah. oh, it works. It's not a bad dog. Did you ever see did we talk about this? Did you ever see the uh uh documentary on Costco? I can't remember even what we channel. We did talk about or, it. We did talk about okay. it, but no, I did not. Yeah. It's amazing how they got it down, but I do think they're losing money on it now, but good for them. Yeah. I think right. one of the, uh, one of the conditions of this, of the retiring chairman was if you touch the hot dog, I'll kill you. <laughs> and so it's remained 150 ever since. Now, granted, uh, 150 once upon a time was actually worthy, but now. Anyway, the uh, promotional yeah. image here for Pepsi's hashtag better with Pepsi. Shows a hot dog topped with the brand's new colacha condiment. And you're right. It does look like very dark ketchup, almost barbecue sauce-like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I, would, I would try it. Yeah. All right. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It was very nice of you. Yeah. Not so much mm-hmm. for me. I thought, all right. I I'm just going to take a Slurpee and I'm just going to pour a Slurpee over the top of my hot dog and I'll have the same experience, but no, it's Pepsi reduction, tomatoes, onion, ketchup, and a delightful blend of herbs and spices. Listen, one of the highest rated things in America is the hot dog eating contest and they literally dip it in water and then wolf those things down. That. It was chestnut, wasn't it? Like Always put chestnut. Down 62 dogs or something. Whatever happened to Kobayashi? Did his... Like fucking do just explode. I would imagine. Yeah. At some point he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I, I'm out. But Joey's Joey's the guy as far as I can tell. Anyway, yeah, he's neither here nor there. That wraps up the crank file. Let's get to uh let's get to our hero of the week. Of the week. Tonight's Hero of the Week comes to us from KTLA.com. That's Los Angeles' Channel 5. And this guy Woo-hoo. is a piece of work. What a fucking champ. Okay. I'm excited. I already see the title. I don't want to I don't want to this, this spoil one's dated. It. This one's dated June 29th, 2023. A chatbot to mess with scammers. Genius. Yes. The article begins, yes. chatbots and artificial intelligence are clearly the next big thing in Silicon Valley, but many of us, including myself, haven't seen much practical use for the technology until now. A Monrovia, California man named Roger Anderson has created an AI-powered chatbot designed to dupe telemarketers and scammers into thinking they're speaking with a real person and then wasting oh, yes. as much of their time as possible. So before we go any farther, if... If this is what I think it is, cancer can be on hold. So we solve this first. <laughs> I'm okay with this. I support this. Ah, this man is this man is brilliant. The Wall Street Journal shared an encounter between a telemarketer named Kevin and Anderson's chatbot, which he calls Jolly Roger. Mm. And they give a oh, they give a transcript. Let's see. You want to uh, you want to be the chatbot okay. or you want to be Kevin? What do you want to do? 
All right, let me see. Uh, I'll be chatbot. Okay. Thank you for calling card services, Kevin said, even though it was his bank or scam operation that called Anderson, not the other way around. How are you doing today? Huh? What do you think? How much is owed on your credit cards collectively? I've been having trouble with my television remote. Can you please help me figure out how to change the channel to watch my favorite show? I'm talking about only your credit cards. I'm sorry. I didn't get your name. What's your name, buddy? And on and on. <laughs> Anderson makes That's Jolly awesome. Roger available to others for $2 a month. Users can choose from a variety of human-sounding chatbot personalities that each in their own way live live solely to flummox unwanted callers. Only $2 a month? Yes. You can hear examples of Jolly Roger in action on this site. And of course, we'll post the link to this article so you can go find out on your own the Jolly Roger. Oh, I'm buying this. That's happening. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a full uh report to everyone. What what am I what am, what's the word I'm this, trying to think this of? This link is Jolly Roger Telephone.com. Yes. JollyRogerTelephone.com. Okay. Uh, it seems to me every phone company should lease Jolly Roger or develop similar chatbots for their customers to use. Obviously, telecom companies have failed miserably at protecting us from unwanted calls. I spoke with Anderson, 54, about this. He told me he's reached out to some of the big phone companies, but to date, they haven't expressed much interest in his system. Phone <laughs> companies are happy just blocking Mistake. telemarketers, but to my mind, that doesn't cause enough pain. Right. In the above example, Kevin, who was probably a scammer, kept asking for a credit card number and the chatbot kept screwing with him. <laughs> you know, I've been using credit cards for years, but I can't seem to remember all the different ones I've had. The robot observed. Kevin finally gave up. <laughs> the chatbot had kept him on the phone for six and a half minutes. That's awesome. I, could do I can't the remember. There's a, there's a guy my cousins introduced me to and his whole podcast or or channel on the internet is all about screwing with telemarketers mm -hmm. and he has a he has a clock up in the top right and he's done it for days wow. and it's hilarious just keeps him going keeps him going torture the indians whole, and the pakistanis oh yeah one of the best parts is like they got it all the way to this point like he even create he, he has so much in-depth uh, love for torturing these people that he's created fake websites so that when they screen share and look at their bank account, it looks just like a bank of America. Like here's my hundred thousand dollars. And like they, he, he taught, he has like a voice generator that makes it sound like he's an old lady or an old man. And so they really think they got him, and he just trolls them to the very end. And they, sometimes they're screaming on the other end. No, Oh, don't push that button. Okay, I'll push the button. <laughs> it's so awesome. All right, you got to so, send me a link to that because I'll post it in the show notes. I'm totally going to. We have I'll somebody that just you. joined us, Leon. What? It is. What do you think it is? Better late than never. Better late than never. It is the Pharaoh of finance, the big of the bay, the Sultan of soccer, Mr. Jones, ladies and gentlemen. Are you Better sir? late than never, I guess. Better late than never, doing? yes. Yeah, it's been a week. I know it's so, uh, been a long week, but it's been a week. Leon had some classic, classic, classic Snoop Dogg. Oh. And I have the bourbon orange crush that you shared on our Instagram thread. Nice, mm, nice. What are you having, sir? What is your brand tonight? My my brown is a Paloma uh, oh. with vodka. So mm. one of my favorite summertime drinks, Kuchema, is to do the uh, the Paloma. I like the squirt on top. Oh, um, you can do a squeeze okay. of lime in there, but the squirt on top is the key. Of course, you know, Bob's out there. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, cheers, gentlemen. It's been cheers. a long week with one more day left. Everyone likes the squirt. I didn't. I didn't tell the Bobs that I went the extra mile and went with the solo cup to drink oh, my gin and juice. Solo cup. That's right. Yeah, that's important. I was going to point that out. You're all classy. Let's have a party. Well, well done. So let me catch you up here. Let's not, let me catch you up here. So we talked about a new yeast found in Ireland for the mm. birth of lager. Okay. 
We also I find out that. that scientists have uncovered evidence of fermented beverages in China 7,000 years ago and Israel 13,000 years ago. Well, that makes sense. I mean, that that's how you mind. were able to drink things that weren't contained with bacteria. Then we talked about a Lebanese girl that robbed a bank to get her own money back from her savings account. Of course, why not? Pepsi launched a condiment that tastes like cola called Colachup. I'd try that. So you What's and Leon try that. And then uh, a guy in Monrovia named Roger Anderson created the Jolly Roger chatbot to fuck with telemarketers. Hey Amen. He's doing, the, he's doing good work right there. it only costs two bucks a month. Two bucks a month? I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Like, we need to do live reviews and we need to support this man. And if we could get him on the podcast... Oh, so we can all uh, virtually high five him if he's not already high fived out. I mean, he might be high fived out. Yeah, his arm might be tired. Yeah, that he could die best. of high fiving if he continues this track. And then uh, that wraps up here of the week. Let's get Amen. to some science, technology, space. Science isn't about why, it's about why not. Droid. Technology. Yes, science. Technology. Space. Tonight's science technology space comes to us from CNN.com. And this one might... uh, might unleash a little controversy here because I have a theory that I will share with you once we get to the end of it. Okay. Humans pump so much groundwater that Earth's axis has shifted. Study finds. The article begins, humans' unquenchable thirst for groundwater has sucked so much liquid from subsurface reserves that it's affecting Earth's tilt. Groundwater provides drinking water for people and livestock and helps with crop irrigation when rain is scarce. However, The new research shows that persistent groundwater extraction over more than a decade shifted the axis of which our planet rotates, tipping it over to the east at a rate of about 1.7 inches per year. Hmm. That shift is even observable on Earth's surface as it contributes to global sea level rise, researchers reported in the study published June 15th in the journal Geophysical Research Letters. Earth's rotational pole actually changes a lot, said lead study author Kiwon Seo a professor in the Department of Earth Science Education at Seoul National University in South Korea. In a news release, our study shows that along climate-related causes, the redistribution of groundwater actually has the largest impact on the drift of the rotational pole. Hmm. You might not be able to feel Earth's rotation, but it's spinning on a north-south axis at a rate of about 1,000 miles per hour. The ebb and flow of seasonal changes linked to the angle of the planet's rotational axis and over geologic time... A wandering axis could affect climate on a global scale, says hmm. Surendra Atikari, a research scientist at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Earth's interior is layered with rock and magma surrounding a dense hot core, but in the outermost rocky layer, there are also vast quantities of water. Below the planet's surface, rocky reservoirs known as aquifers are estimated to contain over 1,000 times more water than all the surface rivers and lakes in the world do i need to go on or do you see where i'm getting at here uh i can play the climate denier if that's what you want i'm ready let's go i think this (laughs) is our problem i don't think this is we need to be one and a half degrees centigrade this is a science fiction this is a bad science fiction movie why do we have jerry butler to get out here with a satellite and some comic relief dude and I want you to fix the rotation of the earth. Is it possible that it's not the fossil fuels causing the global warming, but us sucking the water out of the... We're sucking all the water that out. Is, and it's like going up in the atmosphere and cooking us like Venus. Like we need to get more of this water in this planet and inject it back into the ground. And we're good. That's the way I see it. It's science. <laughs> I mean, I don't, a, I don't have a degree or anything, but... Seems based on this one single article. Listen, I watched Geostorm. We need to change everything we do. I watched Moonfall. I Mm -hmm. watched The Core Mm -hmm. with Hillary Swank. 
Mm-hmm. This is the this is what's going on. Yeah, they're they're changing our axis and it's fucking us. Well, so you know, you kind of grazed over the part where the Earth's axis changes changes often. normally, and uh, I know what you're talking about. That seems like that would have an impact. I don't know what you're on weather about. patterns. What do you think? You think it would? Well, let's let's get into it. Between 1993 mm. and 2010, the period examined in the study, humans extracted more than 2,000 gigatons of groundwater from inside Earth, mostly in Western North America and Northwestern India, according to estimates published in 2010. To put that into perspective, if that amount were poured into the ocean, it would raise global sea levels by about a quarter of an inch. In 2016... Another team of researchers found that drift in Earth's rotational axis between 2003 and 2015 could be linked to changes in the mass of glaciers and ice sheets, as well as the planet's reserves of terrestrial liquid water. In fact, any mass change on Earth, including atmospheric pressure, can affect its axis of rotation. But axis changes caused by atmospheric pressure shifts are periodic, which means that the rotational pole wanders and then returns... CO and his colleagues had questions about long-term changes to the axis, specifically how groundwater contributed to that phenomenon. It had not been calculated in prior research. So we have no prior research. We don't know. You know what's fascinating is we always talk about, you know, the Earth's life. You watch these planet Earth type documentaries over and over and over. No one really talks about which way is the axis pointing at that time a million years ago, right? <laughs> I don't know. Was it still the same tilt? Was, is the reason Antarctica is so big is because that thing was like tilted far away from the sun for a long time. And this changes everything. It changes my entire thinking of how ice grew on this planet. And it's possible. Because it's not like cavemen could draw the Earth's axis on the wall through symbols. No, that wasn't happening. Future could it have not been use... a meteor? Could well, it have been I, this? I don't know about that. I don't know if the groundwater killed the dinosaurs, but future models can use <laughs> observations on Earth's rotation to illuminate the past. I'm going to take this as far as I can. Conspiracy <laughs> theories. It was the I'm fucking Pumposaurus is what it was. Totally. All the Pumposaurus has got together. And they ruined it for everybody. You know what? The dinosaurs figured this shit out. Like they're way smarter than us. And so what they did is they mass suicided and jumped into tar pits to try to put moisture back into the earth <laughs> that had to save the planet for all of us. And that's what happened. Or there was the aliens the, the that had everything perfectly fine and they sucked all the water out and that killed the dinosaurs. And they went, well, we can't stay now. Let's leave. I mean, we are really uncovering some big information here. I hope, I hope big, this goes viral. Deal shit here on the bottom of the Brown podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Future models can use observations on Earth's rotation to illuminate the past. The data is available since the late 19th century. With that information, scientists can peer back in time and trace changes in planetary systems as the climate warmed over the last hundred years. Hmm. Unintended global consequences. You know who? You know what we need? We need Thanos. Just we need Thanos. He had a point. I so, would say we probably just lost seventy-five percent of our audience on that we, line. Well, we posed. <laughs> listen, listen. We posed the question. We posed the question. That maybe global warming isn't the only thing we should be worrying about. We should be mm-hmm. worrying about us tilting the axis of the earth. Because mm-hmm. clearly, all of this sucking of the groundwater is shifting which parts of, of the planet the sun goes after. Mm-hmm. And it's going to affect jet stream. It's going to affect mm-hmm. water temperature. It's going to affect tides. It's going to affect the El Nino. If you're putting more moisture into the air and out of the ground, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. that makes a lot. That makes a lot more sense to me than some of the other bullshit I've heard. I think this is going to be a bigger deal, and we're breaking it here right now on this sixth of July in the year twenty twenty three. Pay attention, people. We figured it out and how to fix it. We need to inject yeah. water back into the ground. That's right. 
So mm-hmm. the next time you see a hole, piss in it. In it. <laughs> Do your part. Do your part. Pour a little liquor out for, for the next generation. All right. That wraps up science, technology, space. Let's do some, uh, let's do some, well, unless Leon's got a loathe. I don't. I'm no pretty happy right now. All right. Let's, America. let's, then let's go with, let's go with happy times. Buckle up, boys. I'm going to tell you a story of a heroic 60-year-old who I miss, and I never even knew the gang. Oh. Tonight's Happy Times comes to us from the Pulaski Funeral Home, where two wonderful children wrote the best eulogy for their father. And tonight we share it with you on the Bottle of the Round podcast. Before you do that, isn't Pulaski the name of the Saturday Night Live sketch with Alec Baldwin? Uh, Oh, were they toast to the guy? Yeah. To Bill Pulaski. I think it's Bill Pulaski. It's not Jim. <laughs> I think it is. So let's toast. Let's toast. <laughs> toast Pulaski. to Bill Pulaski. <laughs> All of it. This one goes out to James Loveless, Somerset, Kentucky, March 11th, 1963 to June 14th, 2023. Handsome man. He will be missed. Eulogy begins, born and raised in Kentucky in 1963, a state that has been recently leaning toward more liberal values, we might add. Jamie, a divorcee, father, grandfather, and proud owner of a few lots in the trailer park, had had enough and up and died on us June 14th in order to avoid another presidential stolen election mishap in the near future. As a gluttonous eater of fried foods and snack cakes, as well as the occasional chili cheese dog, James tried in vain to give up the ghost by clogging his arteries and having a stroke in 2015. His twin boys, Rocky and Rodney, had other plans and made him go to the hospital. While waiting in the ER at the hospital, he was heard saying, let's make a break for it, only to be heard by one of the hospital staff and forced to go through the procedure. He wasn't too excited about the prospect, but went anyway. On many occasions in life, James was seen in his backyard at the trailer park during the early hours of the morning, hammering beers, standing over country-style ribs, and yelling, it's got a head like a cat on it, while nearby neighbors would peek out their windows, bearing looks of disgust and amazement, as his party guests were slurring remarks about needing to speed up his cooking style. We've been here since five o'clock, they would say. I got work in the morning. Good food takes time. Good food takes time. Sorry. Go ahead. We don't know if he was married, but he definitely was a ladies' man. There was Kathy, Mary Lou, Tammy, Deborah, Carrie, Tina, etc., etc. It's the bones, he told us, as proudly pointed to his skinny, pasty white legs. Women love a good shein. We think he might even have some females waiting for him on the other side. Jamie loved his family more than anything else in the world, except ice-cold bush, room-temperature bush, T-bones, New York strip, prime rib, shrimp, Swimming, poker, hatchback, Mustang, GTs, tank tops, Kentucky men's basketball, and his personal copy of Eddie Murphy's Raw. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Winner. He leaves mm-hmm. behind his second favorite son, Rocky. Rocky Loveless of Arizona City, Arizona. His favorite son, Rodney Loveless of Science Hill, Kentucky. A younger brother, Joey. A younger brother, Joey, and unofficial daughter, Melissa of the trailer park, as well as a pair of old boxers, which have Buttweiser, the king of rears. Printed on the design. He will be moderately missed. <laughs> Pulaski Funeral Home is honored to assist the family with arrangements. This is the most epic obituary I've ever, ever heard. Legend. Legend. I need a shirt with this guy's face on it. And a pair of his underwear. And his underwear in the back. (laughs) He's a legend. And we should all respect him. But wiser, the king of rares. And women love a good Sheehan. Obviously. (laughs) Now, they don't show it, but I bet you he was a fan of the jorts. He looks like a jorts man, doesn't he? Oh, man. Handsome man. Handsome man. That that man's sporting a mullet. All the Mm -hmm. bombs out there. That is is a mullet. Party in the back, for sure. 
Yeah, but he has like the one little ball of hair that's yep, trying to hang front. on in the front. All, yeah. all business in the front. Yep. He's trying to yeah. keep the business look. Yeah. Tries, tries, trying to grow the beard, but it's just under the jawline. So it's not quite a beard. Respect. Well, Jamie Loveless, you will be moderately missed. Oh, I'm, I'm pouring a little liquor out for you. A little bush light for you. <laughs> America. Wait, how did he die? Did we figure that to, to they they announce that? Uh, they got a heart attack. Yeah, all right. Well, that happens with occasion. Chili had a stroke or something. Yeah, had enough and up and died. Well, you know. So, too much bush and country-style ribs and giving him the shin. Yeah, well, James I Loveless think... No longer with us. If you were going to cast this, it's probably the same looking character from Raising Arizona of Nicolas Cage, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Cage pull that's, a good, that's a good pick. If you scroll further John C. down. Ooh, John C. Riley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. John C. Riley could pull that's that That's a off. good pick, too. That's For a good sure. pick. For sure. Yeah. If you scroll down to the guest book. There are some really, really funny comments. Like, I've never met you, but I wish I was there. Because this this uh, eulogy went viral. So people that don't even know him are coming in here and signing the guest book. I mean, he's a legend. So he's absolutely a legend. Share your thoughts. I mean, even uh, Donald J. Trump. <laughs> the. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that's definitely him. And the best he's got to say is Rip James. <laughs> Uh, Danny, thanks for bringing this hero to us because I would have never known about him in the life mm-hmm. he lived. Oh, it was too much. Oh, we even have other languages. Oh, good. Hey, this is <laughs> international. Oh, yes. <laughs> Watch out for those ghost white shins. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? I didn't know you understood that. That's amazing. No, I love it. That's awesome. I wrap some happy times. That's our show. You can email us at bottleofbrown at gmail.com. Give us a call 602-529-4562. Leave a message for Danny, Leon, the Midge, Mr. Jones, or any of our special guests. We want to hear from you. Give us ideas for what you want to talk about or tell us what we did wrong. If you like the show, please like, follow, subscribe, share with a friend. We are on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Share a quiet drink with us next episode. Same brown time, same brown channel. Bottleofbrown.com. This place is dead anyway, man.